in Jonah, as we've discovered over the last few weeks, we, we travel with someone who is so straightforwardly easy to identify with. Um, and uh, the way he responds to the pressures um, of life and just how he thinks about things and how he reacts. Um, so he's, he's a really good person to, to study um, and to look at because of his utter humanity. Um, uh, and Jonah walked into a few big holes, um, turned left rather than going straight on, just like we do. Um, so I wonder how you're feeling today. Well, may God bless you through, through, through this time. I wonder how you feel about the world today. Um, I, I wonder how you're thinking about your neighbour uh, or your neighbours, those who live around you. Um, I wonder how you're reflecting on those you work with, perhaps after half-term break or whatever you're going back to, to work or back to school or whatever. I wonder how you're thinking about all these people. I wonder how you're thinking about our national politicians um, who we um, see... Um, or I almost said ad nauseum, I won't say that, but we see a lot of on our screens, um, understandably. They lead our nations, they make huge decisions. Um, and um, I wonder how you think about them. We've had lots of politics this week, haven't we? I wonder, when you think about all these people in different ways, how do you think about them? Is it charitable thoughts? Or are perhaps you tempted to somewhat harsh and judgmental Twitter-like comments or Facebook posts or, or just chats with others to get things off your chest. And right here and now, I'm going to confess to you and to the Lord of all heaven and earth, you'll be unsurprised to hear that my thoughts and words and deeds aren't all charitable about all those folk that I've mentioned, and I am sorry for that. Let's just hold that thought to set the scene for today. Let's hold that thought as we pick up again with Jonah on this specific passage. So let's briefly remind ourselves what's happened so far. God called his prophet Jonah to go to Nineveh um, and that is in pagan, very pagan Assyria, a huge and powerful nation. He was called to go there at the beginning of the book of Jonah and warn the people of Jonah. God asked him to warn the people of Jonah there about his coming judgment uh, if they were to continue to behave in the ways they were behaving and live the ways they were living. And he was, he was told to offer them his grace and redemption should they turn away from their evil. And Jonah's response at the beginning, you remember, instead of going that way to Assyria, he went that way as fast as he could in the direction of Tarshish to try and get away from God. Very specifically, he wanted to try and get away from God. And then we learn that there is nowhere that Jonah or we can go that would keep us hidden from the love and mercy of God. We also discovered, as we reflected on the earlier part of the letter, the, the book, that God can use us to make a difference in the world even when we're in really difficult situations. For instance, like Jonah talking with and sharing his situation with those pagan sailors on the boat when he was fleeing to Tarshish. As a result of those conversations, those sailors turned to God. They prayed to the one God of all heaven and earth for mercy and grace rather than their pagan gods. And then, as Jonah goes on, we come to the fish. Jonah then sent a great fish to save him. And Jonah prayed to God, 
He acknowledged when he was in that terrible situation the dire place he was. And then the Lord remembered him and he prayed that the Lord would remember him and he prayed that the Lord would save him and he prayed out in trust and faith. He prayed deliverance belongs to the Lord. If you look at chapter 2 verse 9, he actually prayed deliverance belongs to the Lord. And the Lord did hear him, did remember him, did save him and the fish landed Jonah back safely on dry land. I think there's a slightly different word there at the end of that chapter about that. Jonah had been saved by God. And he had the opportunity for a fresh start. He'd been given another chance. And the grace and mercy of God for all people, wherever they are, whatever nation they're in, whatever part of the world they're in, is demonstrated in what happened next. Because Jonah actually obeyed this time. We come to our reading today. <clears throat> he actually obeyed. Beginning of chapter 3. The word, of Lord, the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. The word of the Lord wants just to remind Jonah and us that actually he's already said this once before. But in his infinite patience, he's going to say it again. The word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. And this time, Jonah delivered God's message of warning to the people of Nineveh about where the consequences of their evil living would lead. Forty more days of wickedness, and you will be overthrown by God, is the warning that Jonah was asked to give to the people of Nineveh. If you go on to this, for forty more days, you will be overthrown by God Almighty. Well, the shorthand of this, as we heard in the reading, is thanks be to God, the Ninevites actually understood that warning. They realised the errors of their ways, and they cried out to God for mercy. Starting with the king showing the way, and then to all people. You'll see the details of that in our reading. The king rose from his throne, he removed his, his, his robe, verse 6, and following, he covered himself with sackcloth of ashes and sat in ashes, a sign of penitence and sorrow. And then having done that himself as the leader of the nation, he then had a proclamation for Nineveh, a decree to the king and the nobles, and so it goes on. They will similarly show penitence through what they are doing. They will show genuine sorrow to God. And it was decreed that all shall turn away from their evil ways and from the violence that is in their hands. And they prayed to God and they said, who knows? We will do all we can to show that we are genuinely sorry and maybe God will relent. Thanks be to God. They understood. They realized the errors of their ways and they cried out for mercy. And they genuinely repented. They genuinely said sorry. And when God saw this, as we read, he did relent. He relented in his warnings and he showed utter mercy and grace. And they too were saved. Thanks. Thank the Lord. Thanks be to God for that. Time for huge rejoicing. Time for all the people who long to see this sort of repentance, transformation and renewal all over the world to rejoice and be happy. Time for Jonah to celebrate. Having been given that second chance himself by God, 
He had last obeyed, and, and the king and the people of Nineveh had heard him. How fantastic that is. Believing me, for a preacher standing up here, preaching the word of God, when people say that they've heard the word of God and they want to turn and follow Jesus Christ, that is the most wonderful thing in the world, and you just want to, your heart to overflow with joy and celebration. How happy Jonah must have been. So let's remind ourselves of Jonah's reaction. Beginning of chapter 4. Well, let's look at the last verse of chapter 3 and then beginning of chapter 4. When the Lord saw what they did, how they turned away from their evil ways, thanks be to God. God changed his mind about the calamity that he had said he would bring upon them. And he did not do it. Mercy, grace, love. But this was very displeasing to Jonah, and he became angry. I guess if I examine myself when we reflect on life, there is something sort of unpleasant sometimes, isn't there, about the broken parts of human nature. Uh, Underneath the sort of veneer of wanting the best for everybody, we sometimes would actually prefer them to get their comeuppance, to get what we think are their just desserts, to receive what's coming to them. And the thing is that although we might dress our feelings up in some way as justice, perhaps you and I can admit that sometimes the satisfaction is more for ourselves in some strange way in just seeing people brought low. Lord have mercy on us. Jonah met a merciful God. He'd been the belly of a fish for three days. And then he'd been restored back to life again by God's grace. Jonah had been given another chance, new life, new hope, a resurrection from the death of his life before. He'd been given another chance and he did then in that moment rejoice and praise God in the verses of that hymn we see in Jonah. (coughs) Chapter 2 verse 1. I called out to the Lord in my distress and he answered me. Verse 7 of chapter 2. As my life was ebbing away, I remember the Lord and my prayer came to you into your holy temple. Chapter 9 of verse 2. Deliverance belongs to to the Lord. If so for Jonah, why not for the Ninevites? If for you and for me, why not for anyone and everyone else? How much, I wonder, does God have to show me and you his mercy before we do the same to others day after day after day? And the reality is that Jonah wanted the Ninevites to go on sinning in some sort of way for 40 days so that they would face the wrath of God and be overthrown. He hated them with a vengeance. And he couldn't comprehend the wideness 
of God's mercy and grace. That it would actually really include such horrid people as that. He wanted them to get their comeuppance, didn't he? That's why I ran away to Tarshish. Because I knew you were a merciful God. I knew you were a gracious God. I knew you would relent. And actually there is that part of Jonah and the part of us that wants that to happen. But then there's the human fallen part of us that somehow struggles with that. And it happened that it's making me cross. I wonder if perhaps, maybe this is putting it too strongly, I don't know. I wonder if perhaps a thirst for vengeance sometimes is not about justice, but just simply speaks into our own brokenness and our own troubles and our own struggles that we face day by day and the pressures that we face day by day and the impact it can have upon us and our behaviour. Brokenness which needs the love of God, the grace of God, the forgiveness of God, the restoration of God, the strength of his Holy Spirit when we feel that we cannot do it ourselves to restore us into a new place of grace and healing and wholeness and love. I wonder if you're carrying such a weight in your life somewhere or with something or someone. I'm not tritely saying that healing of all relationships and situations is easy. I'm not saying that at all. I know it's really, really hard sometimes. But with God's love, nothing is impossible. It says so in Holy Scripture. Mary herself heard that nothing is impossible with God. I'm going to end with um, uh, a hymn and uh, just a couple of reflections around a very moving story that those of us who've been on Alpha uh, will have heard. It's a powerful story. This hymn is uh, one by a man called Frederick Faber. It's a very famous hymn. You will uh, recognize it uh, when you hear me reading it out. But the words are just powerful, beautiful, healing, restorative and speak right into Jonah and into our lives. It goes as follows. There's a wideness in God's mercy, like the wideness of the sea. There's a kindness in God's justice, which is more than liberty. There is welcome for the sinner, and more graces for the good. There is mercy with the Saviour, there is healing in his blood. But we make God's love too narrow by false limits of our own. And we magnify the strictness with a zeal God will not own. For the love of God is broader than the measure of the mind. And the heart of the eternal is most wonderfully kind. If our love were but more simple, we should rest upon God's word and our lives would be illumined by the presence of our Lord. Gosh, it makes me quite emotional to read that. I have one simple, important message to share with us today. 
wherever we are, whatever situation we are in, however we feel about others, about ourselves, about life. God loves you and God loves me and God loves them. And the power and vastness of that love can heal and redeem anything and anyone. His love and mercy is so wide, so deep, so high, that there is no one that it cannot reach. Is there something or someone that you need to forgive? Is there something or someone that needs to forgive you, that you need forgiveness for? Do you perhaps need to forgive yourself? In the week before half term, the Alpha talk was, why did Jesus die? And again, this will be familiar to those of you who have done Alpha. And in this talk, there is an incredibly moving account in the recorded voice of Corrie ten Boom. Corrie ten Boom was a Dutch Christian, and she hid Jews during the war. She was caught, and her father and sister and she were sent to Ravensbrück concentration camp. Her father and her sister died there. And after the war, this amazing Christian woman spoke regularly about forgiveness. Nikki Gumbel relates how she was speaking in a church in Germany one time, and at the end of her talk, she recognized a man coming towards her. It was one of the cruelest guards from Ravensbrück. She could see him in her mind as he had been then. And when he came up to her, he didn't recognize Corriten Boom, but he said, I was a guard at Ravensbrück. As she looked at him, she could picture him. And she said she felt cold and angry. He said, I've become a Christian now. I know I did some very cruel things. But I've received God's forgiveness for the cruelties I've done. And I ask God's grace to ask forgiveness from one of the actual victims of my cruelty. Fräulein Ten Boom, once you are forgiven, will you forgive me? And when recounting this, Corrie Ten Boom said, and I could not. I remembered the suffering of my dying sister through him. But I was not able, I could not. I could only hate him. And then I said, said Corrie Ten Boom, and then I said, thank you Jesus, that you have brought into my heart God's love through the Holy Spirit who was given to me. And thank you Father, that your love is stronger than my hatred and unforgiveness. And that same moment, I was free. And I could say, brother, give me your hand. And I shook hands with him. And it was as if I felt God's love streamed through my arms. You'll never touch so the ocean of God's love, said Corriton as that you forgive your enemies. Can you forgive? No. I can't either. But he can. What a remarkable woman of faith. And she will now be in the loving arms 
of God knowing that healing and wholeness in all its purity and wonder. On the cross, while dying in unimaginable agony, the agony of that human death, coupled with the agony of carrying the burdens and sins of the whole world, Jesus cried out to God the Father, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they are doing. And his resurrection, overcoming evil, darkness and death, brought with it freedom. Freedom for new life and new hope, with all those stuff lifted from our hearts and off our shoulders. And as for Jonah, when he raged at God's grace and mercy and struggled with that in his own life, this new life and new hope is available to anyone and everyone through Jesus Christ. So this morning, let's be free in a life of forgiveness and mercy lived with Jesus. Amen.